This is The Talking Dead, a podcast dedicated to the AMC TV show, The Walking Dead. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris. And my name is Jason. And this is The Talking Dead podcast number 247, recorded Monday, January the 18th, 2016. 2016. I was thinking about that the other day. Uh, it might have been this morning because uh, I'm getting up there in years and, you know, days seem like weeks and uh, weeks seem like hours. Right. Uh, so I was thinking the other day that I can't believe that we are past the year 2000. <laughs> last thing I was paying attention to, it was the 90s. <laughs> yeah, I sometimes feel like the 90s were 10 years ago, but they're, they weren't. They're not. No. Uh, my, you know, my teenage years were, well, not all of them, but a good portion of them were in the 90s. Um, and so I sometimes think back and be like, I was... You know, 1990 was 10 years ago, right? Well, no. Uh, not quite. Not even close anymore. <laughs> so uh, here we are in 2016. This is our first podcast for 2016. I remember back in 96, a friend of mine, Jackie, said uh, that uh, uh, that Prince song, Party Like It's 1999, yeah. is going to seem so retro in a little while. <laughs> and here we are. And here we are. It is now retro. Yeah. Well... Yeah, um, it took us 18 days of the new year to do a podcast, and uh, that might be the latest into a calendar year that we've ever recorded. I don't know. I didn't go and check the... Who tracks these yeah, things? Yeah, if, if there was a way to track that, I would, but there just isn't. So um, it's... Uh, and our last show was on December 21st, so it's been wow. almost a month since we recorded. That. That's pretty crazy. It is actually. crazy. Now, that doesn't mean I haven't been on the internet doing stuff, because I was recording the Evil Dead cast yeah. uh, with uh, Jason and Rich there. We finished that off, season one, um, just after Christmas, which was great. So if you were listening to that, you probably heard my voice. But Jason, people haven't heard you in a long time. No, and I mean, I've been on the internet, but mostly looking at stuff. Right. Not talking at stuff. No, I, well, yeah, any talking I do is just haphazard uh, talking to myself. Or maybe, you know, conference calls, that kind of thing. But uh, mostly the internet for me in the last month has been uh, one way. You know, we should record all your conference calls and release them as a podcast. Jason Jason on conference, we can call it. Yeah, there, there might be some uh, proprietary information in, in some of the calls that might have to be bleeped out. And we'd have to go through and redact the whole, a lot of it, I think. So the whole thing would be released and then redacted. Yes, yeah, so it'd be well redacted so that uh, you'd hear a lot of beep. Right. As I say, you know, <laughs> any kind of noun, <laughs> basically. <laughs> well, uh, we're going to move the beep over to the beep, and then I got to talk to beep about the beep, and, and then, you know, really, it's a really crappy podcast, as you can tell from that short blurb that I just did. <laughs> as long as we could replace, we could use something funny as the sensor noise, like a boing, 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 boing. Or, like a, or we could do a Mad Lib. Or you something know, like and, that, yeah. You know, get people to enter their own nouns. Oh, that would be funny. This is a place. <laughs> this is a person. <laughs> well, enter see. a verb. Maybe on to something. We need a, a descriptive adverb. I guess that's kind of redundant, but I don't know. We may be on to something there. I don't know. Anyhow, it has been a while since we've recorded, but we are here to do it. And, uh, you know, I hope everyone had a great, great break, good holiday season, and I hope everyone has just settled into 2016 
now at this point. I mean, you've had 18 days, so you've probably got the hang of the year by now. Yep. And, uh, you know, hopefully it's been a good one for you so far. All right. We have a podcast to do. We've got a yeah, yeah. pretty solid show here, I think. We are going to do some listener feedback. We're going to get caught up on The Walking Dead news. And then we've got a couple of semi-unrelated reviews to do uh, towards the end of the show, too. Um, I say semi-unrelated because both of them are related to The Walking Dead, sort of, but not Quasi really. Quasi-related. <laughs> Quasi, exactly. So we'll get to that. First thing we're going to do um, is the listener feedback. And uh, I have my cup of tea in a If Daryl Dies, We Riot mug. Oh, so, good. So I'm ready to go. Have you got your... Uh, I've got a uh, half-drink cup of coffee in a La Crusit mug that I absolutely love. All right. Well, I love this mug. Sounds like we both have what we need. You know what the problem with this mug is? The only problem with it is? So, Sorry, I was taking a drink there. What? Uh, no, I don't know what the problem with that mug is. Well, someone gave it to me for my birthday uh, last year. So, oh, uh, shit. Your birthday's coming up. Yeah, in uh, like a week or eight, so, eight days or so, twenty sixth. Yeah, son of a bitch. Yeah, but then uh, last year someone gave me this cup, and it's it says, "If Daryl dies, we riot." Yeah, and the handle of the cup is a crossbow. Nice, which is kind of cool, except the crossbow part is made of metal. So when you put a hot liquid in here, that crossbow yeah. handle really starts to heat up, and sometimes it gets a little warm. You know, almost too warm to touch. Don't be a sissy. That's a Daryl mug. Man up. <laughs> Daryl could touch that mug. <laughs> Daryl would put squirrels in that mug. And probably grind them up and drink them and like it. There you go. Um, squirrel uh, squirrel soup. Anyhow, it's 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 uh, cooled down now, so I'm ready. I'm going to uh, play this. I'm going to take a drink while it plays, and we'll get started. Listener feedback. That's right. Time for listener feedback. And uh, we've got a variety of topics here on our listener feedback. Some of it is Walking Dead. Some of it is is related to the last podcast we did. And uh, But I just thought I'd throw some in here because it's all extremely interesting, if you ask me. And our first one here is a call from Martha in Nashville. And she talks about our last podcast a bit in which we spoke about the Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. And she references something that yeah, maybe could be a spoiler. But uh, I don't think it's too serious. So if you've seen Star Wars, nothing to worry about. If you haven't seen the latest Star Wars movie, The Force Awakens, Episode 7, um, I'm not going to be too worried either. But there's a, there may be a spoiler in here, a minor right, I've one. Se- I've seen Star Wars, so we're okay. So you're good. All right. Here's, here's Martha from Nashville. Hi, Chris and Jason. It's Martha from Nashville. I just want to let you know I'm a huge fan. I love you guys. Love totally like love your walking dead podcast i listen to you guys every week um my husband and i and and my children we went and we saw the new star wars movie this weekend and as soon as we got back i wanted him to listen to your um podcast uh, for star wars and i will have to say i have to say like f you f you f you f you f you because Your warning on your webpage says this episode is full of spoilers for the Walking Dead comic, potentially the TV show, all seven Star Wars movies, and a few other movies. Please listen with caution, which is what I did. But you all spoiled crap for the next books on Star Wars. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, 
but you left a major spoiler split or slip. And as soon as I heard it, I turned to my husband and I said, are you freaking serious? It was regarding Ray and bless you, Rilo Ken. And I didn't even see it. And you all mentioned it and like, I'm pissed, but I love you guys. I'm still going to listen to you. If you don't know what spoiler you slipped, go back and listen to it. So, but any, anyway, um, love you guys. Talk to you soon. Can't wait for The Walking Dead. Okay, bye. All right. So thank you, Martha, for writing in. So I just want to talk about this for a minute because we put a pretty extreme spoiler warning on that episode of the podcast because we did spoil all the Star Wars movies, The Walking Dead comic, TV show, everything. Um, and I, and I, I'm not 100% sure what Martha is talking about. I have an idea, but I'm not 100% sure. So... so do you have any idea? Do you no, remember? No, no idea. I'm confused. So are, did we spoil the next Walking Dead book or did we spoil the next Star Wars book? Neither of which we've read. R- right. Well, at the time, I have now oh, read. Oh, you have? Okay. So I've I, read I, most of the next Walking Dead book, but um, I haven't uh, read any Star Wars books. But she did say something about a book. That's true. But I, I couldn't quite follow that at that point. But here's what I think she's referring to. And I guess I will throw a spoiler warning out here right now. We're going to spoil the world. No, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna say something here that I said in our last podcast about Star Wars. And it was pure speculation on my point. I have no advanced knowledge of anything that has not been released um, uh, in terms of Star Wars movies or books or any properties. What I said is that... Um, uh, Kylo Ren's name, the word name Kylo, kind of sounds like a combination of Skywalker and Solo. Right. So that's like, you know, he, he took his name from those two families. So I, I think maybe, um, maybe that's it. Like if, if people didn't really sort of pick up on that, maybe that's a spoiler. I, but that's all I can think of, so I'm not 100 percent sure. Martha, you're gonna have to write us and write us and tell us exactly <laughs> what we spoiled because you've confused us. You've yeah. at least confused me. I I don't know if it doesn't matter what book it was. If we spoiled a book, I did not read it. <laughs> well, that's the like thing. <laughs> <laughs> that's the and problem. I've spoiled books that I haven't read before. Uh-huh. I spoiled Cujo for my mom who was reading it and I said something I was just it was just pure and utter speculation I'm not even going to spoil it now in case you haven't read Cujo uh-huh. but or seen the movie uh but I said something to my mom while she was reading Cujo and she got mad at me. She said, why did you say that? I'm like, oh, I was just joking. I have no idea. I've never read Cujo. I've never seen the movie. And she read it, and it turned out to be true. And she's never forgiven me for spoiling Cujo. All right. Well, you have a history of, of um, spoiling things you haven't read. So maybe you, you pulled that off again somehow. I don't know. I am a fictional psychic. <laughs> I can see future fiction. <laughs> That'd be quite the talent, actually. <laughs> also known as an author. <laughs> well, no, not not fiction I make myself. Right, I spoil okay. other people's future fiction. <laughs> Weird. Anyways, I, I Martha, if you were spoiled on something, we apologize, but it certainly wasn't intentional, and we don't even know what it was. So, 
um, let us let us know. Give us a call or just send us an email, talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com, and, and let us know. That whole uh, Kylo thing is the only thing I can think of, but I'm not, I don't think that counts. I mean, it's just me putting that together and... I mean, we I already... might have sent like I've read a couple of the Star Wars books. Yeah, uh, and I that were released right after the original trilogy, kind of thing. Uh, so I might have mentioned something in those books that we didn't warn about. Spoiler of those books. Okay, the Thrawn something or other. The Thrawn General Thrawn trilogy or whatever. I've read those know. too, but I don't remember them very well. Yeah, I got. Yeah, I have vague memories of them. So, anyhow, that's is what it is but uh otherwise martha thank you for the kind words it's great to hear from people who enjoy listening to us yes <laughs> all right uh keep going there jason all right next we have an email from thomas on the internet in my opinion the next major character to die is carl he needs to get rid of that fucking hat and the kid who's been playing him is the lamest of oh. all actors all the other teen and preteen actors are a lot better than him really get rid of the hat Thomas, is it Carl that you dislike or the hat that you really dislike? So, uh, sounds like yeah. the hat. It's from the hat down. Yeah, so that pretty much encompasses everything. The hat's required. It's, yes, it's a dumb hat, but in the comic book, Carl wears the hat. So he needs to wear the hat in the TV show. The hat is part of the character of Carl. Like, without the hat, he's not the same. The hat used to be his father's. His father gave it to him. And I know his father's still around and, and all that, but it's, uh, it's one of the things that makes Carl Carl, the, the sheriff's hat. In the, in the TV show, when I was Carl's age or the actor's age or whatever age that is, I wore a dumb hat. <laughs> I wore a dumb hat a lot. I remember knowing you when you... That which wasn't was, a dumb hat. Which was I was in my 20s and that was a which, cool hat. Which was, my wife still wants me to wear that hat. You have it still? I still have that hat. It was a cowboy hat. That cowboy was a good hat. hat. I got lots of good compliments on that hat. I was talking about a fedora I wore with my trench coat in high school. Well, that's a whole different thing. That, that was in your breakfast club days. But uh, why don't you wear your cowboy hat? I don't know. Because it's a cowboy hat and you don't aren't a cowboy. Well, no, but it was my winter hat for a couple of years. Did it have ear flaps that came down? No, but I don't usually wear a hat. That was a cool hat. Don't you knock that hat. Uh, okay. I'm not going to knock the hat, but you should wear a hat in the winter, man. Well, I do wear a hat. I wear a little cap now. Okay. Like a British cap. A British cap. <laughs> yeah. But it's got to cover your ears. Anyways, that's a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, Mark on the internet. No, Mark from what's left of the real Jersey Shore. Got to get that right. Says, okay, Maggie's pregnant. Hmm. As has been noted on this podcast more than once, some folks already feel that there are too many babies in the main cast. What can they do now? Will Judith get chomped or, as noted previously, get left behind? Smacks forehead. Damn, I knew we forgot something. Or <laughs> might Maggie miscarry or even be killed? That would be a big piss. Spend the first half of the season contemplating Glenn's death only to kill Maggie in the second half. Hmm. I don't think Mark is way off base here, Jason. I think he could be onto something like either they tease us with the Glenn death, bring him back just to take him away again in the second half of the season, or they do that and then they kill Maggie off because it's, it's almost as bad, right? Yeah. You know, I, I could see them be onto something here. Oh. And the whole thing is we don't want another baby on the show. So yeah, we don't want to just turn out to be like Muppet babies. 
<laughs> zombies, you know, uh, the Walking Dead babies, survivor babies, yeah. survivor babies. Yeah, all the all the main cast gets killed, but uh, what's left is a bunch of little baby Kermit the Frogs and Miss Piggies. You know that trend of taking existing like characters and properties and making baby versions of them, like Star Wars has done it over the years. Yep, there are a few things in marketing that I hate more than that idea. Like, yeah, just a few, eh? Just a few. <laughs> there not many, yeah. I hate that quite a bit. Like, why does there have to be baby Han Solo and baby C-3PO? I, oh, it just makes me want to punch something. For me, it's serialization. Making something into a cereal that bugs me. Like actual food stuffs. Oh, cereal. cereal. Like <laughs> C-3PO is like they used to have in the uh, in the 80s. Or uh, I miss those in a very small way. But, you know, you go into the grocery store, there's Star Wars cereal now, or you can get television show cereals. That that kind of stuff drives me nuts. Yeah. I don't they, even like cereal. They do a lot of that stuff. Um, yeah. I don't know. Cereal doesn't bother me so much. I just choose not to buy it. And I got those Star Wars craft dinner things. They are not good. Do not buy those. They are crappy craft dinner. Well, there's, what's the, is it craft dinner in the shape of Star Wars characters? It's, it's, yeah, it's Star Wars shaped craft dinner, but it is a lower, lesser quality of craft dinner. It is not good. I, I am slightly worried that our non-Canadian listeners won't know what craft dinner is. I think, I don't think they call it that in the States. It's, it might, it's mac and cheese. Yeah. It's, it's like boxed mac and cheese that you you boil up the pasta and then you put in the powder cheese sauce and mix it all together. Yeah. We call it craft dinner up here. And then they you might shove have it down your gullet. Yeah, that's the stuff. Yeah, I, lo- I love it with ketchup. Not everyone does. Oh, I love it with ketchup. I put hot dogs in mine. Oh, yeah. My kids love it with the hot dogs too. Yeah. Uh, all right. Keep uh, keep us going there. Oh, and uh, I w- one question I wanted to ask you. Uh, Mark mentioned that uh, they, they, you know, they could leave the baby behind. Uh, you, as a father, I'm just wondering how often you've left your kids behind somewhere and forgot them. It's never happened once. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's never you're, happened. You're a good dad. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> They're I, still alive and I haven't left them somewhere by accident. Yeah, yeah, that's right. One of them just turned nine. So I've, I've got a nine-year streak going. <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> so far, so good. Exactly. <laughs> now, the mental issues, thats uh, they're piling up. Oh, piling up. The emotional, uh, um, the emotional support these children are going to need when they're older is just unfathomable. Unfathomable. <laughs> yeah. All right, next we have uh, Axel, named after Axel Rose from Ohio. Sweet. They could kill a baby on national television. They oh, did really? it in the rival TV show Zed Nation, and they showed it. Yes, it's pretty messed up, but it has been done. Okay, Zed Nation or Z Nation, we have watched... You've watched one episode of one single lonely episode. We watched it for one of our, or oh, just because it was a zombie show and talked about it on this podcast. I watched the second one as well. Um, it is a very different show. <laughs> a what, very what network is that on? Different show to The Walking Dead, and um, I think as Axel here says, I think there is probably a a style or a. Um, kind of a type of show where you can get away with that kind of thing. But, you know, as you've argued, The Walking Dead is probably not that show. Yeah, well, I was thinking not in terms of the style of show, but the uh, the audience. You know, this is a network television show. Right. But Zed Nation's on sci-fi, or SIFI, as they like to call it. SIFI. Uh, and that's uh, public broadcast too, right? Uh, yeah. Or is it cable? But don't, well, I, no, it's, 
I don't know. I mean, cable is, uh, what does cable mean in the States? I mean, it means something slightly different to what it means up here, but, um, uh, sci-fi is, um, it's not the same as AMC, right? All right. So, uh, well, the, I guess the real question I have is, are there commercials? Yes. Then, yeah, then it's, it's the same for me. Uh, Walking Dead and, and Zed Nation would be the same kind of, uh, oversight, would have the same kind of oversight for public consumption. So if Zed Nation did it and they showed it, then it is plausible that The Walking Dead would do it. No, see, I think they're different networks. I lump AMC in with things um, not quite like an HBO, but with like a Showtime or an FX. Sci-fi seems like it's more closer to um, your major networks, NBC, ABC, CBS, stuff like that, Fox. It just is more of a specialty channel. Right. That's even more reason in my mind why I think uh, The Walking Dead would do it. And I'm just talking on my ass here. This is just how I categorize them in my brain. How they may actually categorize in real life might be very different. So um, nobody get too upset about me getting it all wrong. (laughs) Well, yeah. So, I mean, you might might be absolutely right that if, uh, see, my biggest, uh, the reason I was thinking they would never do it is that somebody would stop this because it's, you know, a television show for public consumption. It's not HBO. It's not uh, Showtime or something that shows nudity and gratuitous violence uh, and gratuitous nudity, which are two separate things in my book. Uh, So it it is a public consumption television show, so they would never kill a baby. Public consumption isn't the I think I'm wrong now. Well, I don't know. Maybe public consumption, though, all TV is for public consumption. Like... it's for consumption or viewing anyways, right? But wh- I know what you mean. It's not like you can just turn on a TV and AMC is there, like the networks are. Right. Right? Um, uh, the Canadian equivalent is like you can turn on pretty much any TV with an antenna attached and get CBC and yes. stuff like that, but you don't get uh, specialty channels because they don't broadcast over the air. Um, but I, So I see what you mean, but uh, I, I don't know. I mean, it's... I, I I hold, I still hold that they, they can do it or they can find a way to eliminate Judith and uh, and sort of the audience would be okay with it. Yeah. And I and think I'm, they're getting I'm coming to around point. to that. And I'm, I think that, uh, you know, I was absolutely sure that they would never do that. But now I, I guess if, if, uh, if Zed Nation or Z Nation has done it, mm-hmm. then I think it is plausible. All right. But, uh, the Walking Dead would do it now. Well, I'm changing my position. Wow. Thanks, Axel. Can you, uh, Axel, can you write in and let me know which episode that was so I don't have to watch the whole damn thing? I can just watch the uh, the one specific episode. Are you sure it wasn't the first one? I feel like I saw that that scene. No, I'm not sure. I want Axel to tell me. Okay, but if- Because I'm apparently saying... I've erased that part of my mind. Right, okay. <laughs> All <laughs> I, right. I used that memory for, that memory allocation- uh, for something else. For something else. Something else more important. I wonder if Axel, being named after Axel Rose, is excited about Guns N' Roses uh, reforming to to play Coachella and do a tour. That'd be fun. I bet he is. Oh, no, no, no. You know what? He what, might what, not what, be. What, what do you mean by reforming? Like, is... Uh, is Axel the, and Slash and the original members are... Yeah, they've worked out their differences. Now, they're getting back drummer? together. Which um, drummer? Is it the first drummer that got fired? 
Uh, or is it the one afterwards? Well, what was the first drummer's name again? I have no idea. I just know he got Matt. fired. No, Matt Sorum was one of the was the later drummer. Uh, Duff was the bassist. Iggy or Izzy was the bass player. I forget his name. You know more about this than I do. Oh, I was a huge Guns N' Roses fan. Huge. Loved them. In fact, I still do. Like I Sweet still... Child of Mine was the reason I started drumming. Well, see, you were a... Uh, you had it had an influence on your life too. That's amazing. Because you know, no, absolutely, it absolutely had a huge influence on me. Because I, w- I, that song would be on the radio, and I figured out the drum part. And if I, I figured that if uh, I could figure out that drum part without knowing anything whatsoever, I could actually be a drummer. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you could do it, then you must be able to drum. Yeah. Steven Adler. Steve Adler was the drummer. Yeah. Uh, former drummer of Guns N' Roses. Yeah. List of Guns N' Roses band members. Anyways, this is not something we need to do right now. <laughs> All right, so we need to start a Guns N' Roses podcast, is oh, what you're saying. It, maybe we do. We can follow the new tour. Maybe they'll invite us to all the shows. Well, we'll have to go through the old albums and talk about, uh, you know, the, the history of the band and exactly what happened, and then, you know, work our way up to the current tour. Yeah, the there you go. A look behind the, behind the music at Guns N' Roses. Not even behind the music, at the music. He's <laughs> looking at, at the, the music. music. All right, straight at it. Anyway, we don't know anything behind the scenes. Like, that's crazy. We just know what, uh, you know, it's like uh, The Walking Dead. We don't know anything about behind the scenes. We All we know is the, the crap that hits us uh, full in the face from the media. That's true. I know a little bit more about behind the scenes than you do, though. Yeah. That's because, that's because I, don't, I don't like to look behind the curtain. No, you don't. You don't want to see the uh, the wizard. Uh, anyways, back to the issue of, of killing babies. Our next <laughs> email <laughs> comes from Andy in Henley-on-Thames, Henley on Oxfordshire, England. And he says, I'm with Jason on the potential killing of baby Judith. The Walking Dead producers will be taking an almighty risk if they try to kill her off. They could be stupid enough to do it, I suppose, in a fit of incredible financial ineptitude, but I will rage quit the show if they do. And I think potentially millions of other viewers will rage quit the show too, particularly particularly any parents of daughters. So Andy has actually had a much longer email explaining this point a little bit more, but what it boils down to for him, I think, is that if they did it, the writers would just be killing a baby to kind of show how extreme and fearless they are and saying, like, look at that. We killed a freaking baby, everybody. Not because it would really serve the show or the plot in any way. And he even went as far to say that if they do it, that it would coin a new term a kill the baby moment as a meaning the point at which a show goes too far for no sort of for totally unnecessary reasons. Right. So it it being distinct from jump the shark when the show just kind of stopped being interesting. When the show does something ridiculous, too ridiculous to, uh, to believe is jumping the shark, right? Killing the baby is doing something that doesn't serve the plot and is strictly there to try and shock people. Right. And they're a little bit different. I mean, they seem related, sure, but they're a little bit different. So this, this show is hard enough on little girls. If they killed a baby girl, I think that would be the kill the baby moment. It well, in, in, <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yeah, in in both ways, that's for sure. So, um, I can see Andy's point here that that it's the kind of thing that. You got to figure they're, you know, even, 
even subconsciously, if they do, it's kind of like, oh my God, we're going to kill a baby. This is going to be so huge, right? They may have all kinds of plot and story justifications and reasons for it that, you know, they can verbalize. But at the end of the day, oh my God, guys, we're killing a baby, right? Yeah. So, I so don't know. Andy says uh, he supposed that they would do this in a fit of incredible financial ineptitude. Does that mean that uh, baby actors are cheap? No. What he's saying is that they would be doing it for ratings, right? Uh, They'd be doing it to shock people and get ratings and charge more for advertising. So they'd be doing it not just to shock people, but to sort of make their show more valuable and not for not to serve the story. Right, so he'll be doing it for financial reasons rather than story reasons. Yeah, storytelling. And, and he calls it financial ineptitude, but that's okay. you know just serving serving the almighty buck instead of right. the story and and the people that have been you know watching it and you know made your show successful. So right, so they're not. So I thought maybe he was saying that the, the show would want to do this in order to save a buck on baby actors. Because, <laughs> you know, that's where you, uh, if you got to tighten the purse strings and uh, work on your budgets, you got to get rid of the babies. Well, you know, they can't be cheap. I mean, you got to find twins, first of all, and you got to find ones that are sort of able to act or at least not cry and scream all day on set. And then you got to find like seven or eight different sets of twins because they swap them in and swap them in and out all the time. Yeah. So I, it's probably not cheap. <laughs> Well, I, I can't imagine it would be more expensive than a, a regular actor. It's probably not more expensive than Andrew Lincoln. I'll give you that. But Yeah, and besides, babies cry all the time anyway, so when you fire one, if they start crying, it's no big deal. Yeah, it's like you're done, you're, you're out of here. Fired, get out. <laughs> baby cries. Pack your baby bag and get out of here. <laughs> Pack your diaper bag and hit the road. <laughs> That's the word. See, I knew you'd know that. That's right. Nine years. I, I, we don't use diaper Nine bags. Nine years of diaper bags. No, no, we don't use diaper bags anymore, just so everyone knows. All right, one more email, Jason. It's all, all right, up one, to you. All right, Matt from New York. Over the course of this series, we've seen various methods of dispatching The Walking Dead. Stabbing through a chain link fence with a rebar, uh, mushing, one, well, mushing with one's bare hands, I guess mashing? Mushing. Mushing, mashing. yeah, same mushing. thing. Yeah. All right, shooting with guns, smashing against the side of a truck and liquefying with a fire hose. However, there seemed to be a little inconsistency, or there seems to be little consistency in terms of efficiency of those approaches as, uh, as well as the required point of entry for the deadly object in question. This leads me to wonder, can a zombie be killed by being stabbed through any portion of the brain? Is there a critical lobe that must be damaged in order to kill a reanimated corpse? Do zombies suffer concussions after a glancing blow only to regain their senses later on? The living are capable of surviving portions of their brains uh, missing or damaged. Is the same true for zombies? So this is kind of just a general question. And, and we get these things all the time from listeners. Just like, I was thinking about this for a bit and I came up with these things I don't quite understand or questions I have or whatever. And every now and then I just like to throw them in here because, uh, you know, it can sometimes be interesting conversations. So... Um, what Matt is saying is that, uh, there's all kinds of different ways to kill a zombie, but is there anything that absolutely has to happen for the zombie to be killed other than in general, destroying the brain? I think you just need to touch the brain with something. Yeah. It kind of does seem that way. It's magic. It's, you know, zombies are reanimated, but using uh, dark, dark magic, mm -hmm. black magic even. Uh, so as soon as you touch the brain with an object that is not the brain, 
uh, it dies. <laughs> that does seem to be the case. We've seen screwdrivers go through, obviously gunshots, um, all sorts of uh, melee weapons, axes, hatchets, baseball bats, all sorts of things. Um, water. Yeah, water <laughs> from a fire hose. So don't get the brain wet, especially after midnight. <laughs> the zombie's just going to die on you. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I don't think... They've, number one, I don't think in the show they've ever, or even the comic, they've ever really gone into the mechanics of it. I mean, the closest we got was way back in season one at the CDC when Dr. Jenner started talking about, uh, didn't he talk about the, what's the, what's the, the brainstem, right? Yeah, the brainstem would come back to life afterwards R- and start, uh, you know, doing stuff. Right, but that doesn't that doesn't include the rest of the brain, like the lobes and things like that. That's just yeah, the that's lower the higher part. functioning stuff. This is just the lower kind of uh, you know uh, very old brain, right. uh, old as in uh, Neanderthals or before kind of thing. Right. Yet, if that's the only part that's functioning, it would seem that you can stab the brain anywhere, even like up in the top or through the eyeball or something, and not have anything to do with the brain stem, and you still kill the zombie. So. Yeah. Um, no, I think it's just, uh, you know, rattle the brain around a little bit and the zombie's going to die. Can a zombie ha- get a concussion? I don't no. think so. No. No. They're dead. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're dead. That's right. So, um, yeah, I, I, and also we've seen zombies basically walk into walls and their heads explode and yeah. they're dead. So it's dangerous. You know, if you I walk, careful. if I walked into a wall, even pretty hard. You know, I might get a concussion, but my head isn't going to explode. I've walked into a wall pretty hard. <laughs> I bet you have. Yeah. <laughs> Didn't get a concussion, though. I've never had a concussion. That you know of. You might have had mild concussions. I might have a concussion right now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a good possibility. <laughs> Speaking of Neanderthals, did you know that some monkeys have entered the Stone Age? No shit, really? Yeah. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but I think monkeys have, uh, some monkeys are capable of making stone tools. I think you may have a concussion. You're making up facts about monkeys now. It's, yeah, it's a fact (laughs) that I may have made up. (laughs) Right. Okay. You're making up. Use the internet. Look it up. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's good. I mean, in another hundred million years, monkeys will be just like us. Yeah. We'll hang out with monkeys. That'll be sweet. This is my, this is my monkey buddy, Frank. Frank. Well, (laughs) good segue, Jason. That's it for the new that's it for the f- listener feedback and we're going to get into the news. The Walking Dead news. First item in the news has to do with Frank Darabont. Oh yeah, speaking Frank, of Franks. Speaking speaking of Franks that aren't monkeys. No, he's definitely not a monkey. Um this is an update on Frank Darabont versus AMC. If you will recall, he is suing AMC for um uh he, what he claims is that AMC breached his contract and deprived him of tens of millions of dollars in profits from the show. Right. And this has been ongoing for a long time. It has to do with that whole vertical integration scheme that that uh the TV industry uses where a producer will also be the distributor of the show therefore selling it to themselves and right. never be for a lot of friggin' money. Well, and never, and having some creative accounting so that it doesn't seem like the show ever makes any profit. Right. And therefore, they don't have to pay uh, residuals or whatever they call them to people who have some sort of profit sharing written into their contracts. 
And this happens all the time. I've heard that even with movies, um, like huge movies like uh, um, Forrest, Forrest Gump, and that's, I'm not sure, I'm not sure Forrest Gump is an actual example of this, but studios are doing this where, you know, even with huge movies and huge actors, they are not paying them out. Uh, you know, when they really should be because they do these kind of like interesting accounting maneuvers. Anyways, that's the basis for this lawsuit. So in the last few weeks, a whole bunch more information has come out regarding this lawsuit and regarding sort of why Frank Darabont was fired way back in season one or season two. Um, So... One of the reasons, and I've got a bunch of information here, but uh, there's there's still lots more out on the on the internet. One of the things, though, that Darabont has said, and all this information comes from testimony that has been given in the case by Frank, by AMC, and uh, even by Glenn Mazzara, who we'll get to in a minute. So, one of the things Darabont at the time was upset about was the fact that the show's budget after the first season was going to be cut. Um, and apparently it was going to be reduced from $3.4 million per episode, the budget down to $3 million per episode. And, you know, he said things like, you know, that's doesn't sound like a lot, but it's significant. We use every penny to make this show when you consider the effects and all the locations and, and, and all the talent actors and crew we have on board, we use all that money. So I can't believe you're cutting it. But uh, this comes from The Hollywood Reporter, and The Hollywood Reporter reported, Darabont says, I remember Joel Stillerman, president of original programming and development for AMC, in a meeting in my office. When we were all discussing the issues of the upcoming season, we said to him, surely that the success of the show, which, by the way, you guys are bragging about because we keep getting emails saying, hey, we're breaking viewership records in 120 countries around the world by hundreds of percent, in some countries by over a thousand percent. At the same time, we're hearing how successful the show is for you. You're telling us that this budget issue is not going to budget all. And he said, meaning Joel Stillerman, the success of the show has no bearing on this discussion in a rather icy manner. (laughs) (laughs) So boils down to Darabont saying, look, we've got a super popular show. You're telling us how popular it is, yet you want to reduce the budget and hurt your own show that's so popular. And, uh, you know, the AMC president was like, that has nothing to do with anything. This is what we're doing. (laughs) So I could see Frank being upset about that, but at the same time, He's not the man in charge of budget. He's the man in charge of sort of writing and directing and show running this show. Yeah. From a financial point of view, just because something's super successful, that just means that we can get away with uh, spending less money. That's We right. don't need to spend the money to try and get people interested because they're interested already. So if we reduce the budget, we still make a shit ton of money. Mm-hmm. We just are not spending as much. So we make more shit tons of money. Pretty much. You know, I could buy three houses instead of just having this one measly mansion, you know, in in the Hollywood (laughs) Hills. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way AMC sees it is is like we've hooked people. We've got the people, right? We can now try to cut costs and we still have those people. Yeah. So at least for a while, you know. That $400,000 per episode split over, uh, what was the second season? Uh, 12 episodes? Uh, Or was it less? Did they get it? No, it was at least... 12. They didn't go all the way to 16 in season two, did they? I mean, let's, no, they didn't. Let's just say 10 or 12. Yeah. All right. So that's $4 million. You know, that's that's a new house for me in Cabo. 
<laughs> no, why am I going to give the money to you? We're going to make that friggin' money anyway. I'm going to, I want a house in Cabo. Uh, see? So uh, they, I'm reducing the budget. Yeah. Fuck you. Well, that's, that's basically what he said, but that was one of the things Darabont was upset about. Um, and then, I mean, I think we've talked about this before too, because this information may have been out there, but there was a problem with some of the footage for season two, episode one. And apparently what happened is the footage came in, it wasn't up to snuff, as they say, and Darabont had to leave the writer's room, at which time they were working on the second half, like writing the second half of season two. Mm -hmm. He had to leave the room and go do crisis management to reshoot some of the footage for season two, episode one. And what this ended up, uh, what ended up happening is that the scripts for the second half of season two came in late because he had to leave and go fix the like fuck up on season one, or on episode one. Right. And ultimately, at the end of the day, Darabont and AMC sort of disagreed about this. Darabont was like, well, everyone agreed that this wasn't going to work. So I went to AMC and said, I got to go fix this. And, um, you know, he claims that AMC was like, absolutely, this is a crisis. You have to do this. We need this episode to be good. Um, but then later on, they denied ever having that conversation or denied ever even talking about it. So there was some not seeing eye to eye there either. And then, then you blamed him for being the scripts being late. And blame, right? the, and I think blamed him for the scripts. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can totally see that. What, uh, you know, and it's all, uh, he said, she said, like, I've been in sticky work situations before where, you know, I had to choose between priorities and I've gone to, uh, you know, people that make decisions on such things and say, look, I have, uh, this situation that, uh, I need to prioritize above uh, all this other stuff. And they say, yeah, you need to do what you got to do. And then later on they say, yeah, well, I meant was you got to do what you got to do, but still get that other shit done. Yeah. I've been right? in situations like that myself. <laughs> so yeah, it's, uh, I mean, sure you can, you can paint it both ways, right? Like he can paint it. You know, I, I had this situation, I had to go deal with it. It absolutely needed to be dealt with, which, which meant this other stuff had to suffer. And then the other person says, yeah, absolutely. You had to go deal with that stuff and that other stuff suffered. You're in charge of the show. If something suffers, it's your fucking problem. It's your fault. <laughs> it's, it's true. I mean, you know, I don't know if if the showrunner necessarily is in charge of hiring all the directors or whatever, but if they hired a director who just couldn't cut it, I mean, yeah. that would be on them as well. Now, I mean, I didn't go back to look up who's credited as the director for season two, episode one. You can do that if you feel like it. Um, but, uh, you know, it could be, a, it's probably a competent director who's had all kinds of success. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, on why... Darabont was ultimately fired. Here's what the Hollywood Reporter said. Uh, they accused me of not having director's tone meetings, Darabont said, referring to the way in which a showrunner is supposed to sit down with each director of each episode and go over the script, scene by scene, and convey the tone of the show. And I said, that's absolutely not true. I have, ha I have had a director's tone meeting with every single director this season. So once again, I mean... All of these things sort of accumulated, I think. AMC decided that Frank Darabont was not the man for this job, and they decided to fire him. And, you know, whatever reason they gave him at the end of the day was probably just a sort of an accumulation of all this other BS that had been going on, at least from, yeah. from their perspective. Yeah. Oh, this this kind of stuff stresses me out because it, it it's kind of reminding me of a lot of projects that I've worked on in the past. 
And uh, it makes me think, you know, maybe someday they'll just fire me and then uh, I can come back and sue them five years later for uh, a shit ton of money and it can all be he said, she said, and eventually they'll settle and give me a couple of million dollars. So this is what you're going for. This is, you know, <laughs> Frank Darabont, if he can do it, fuck it, I can do it. Sure, man, why not? All you have to do is be mostly competent throughout the whole thing, and therefore when they fire you, it will be uh, for questionable reasons. Yeah, all you got to be mostly competent, but every once in a while, you got to let something slide. <laughs> Just let it go, man. Right, and then have it be something that they get annoyed enough that they fire you. There you go. All right. And then you can blame them for uh, making you let things slide. Well, you've got a plan in life now. Yeah. Or at least in your professional life. It's so friggin' stressed out that uh, I have to crawl into a, a a little, the fecal position for a couple of years. Fecal. And then, fetal. And then, fetal. Not <laughs> no, fecal. No, no. It's the, it's the fecal position. Don't give me that. <laughs> I'm not so sure. <laughs> and then sue somebody. All right. Well, here's where it gets interesting, Jason. So Glenn Mazzara also was deposed. He also had to provide testimony. Oh, yeah. And um, this, I thought, was actually the most interesting part of this whole thing. Glenn Mazzara had this to say, I believe that Frank was executing his responsibilities and duties as showrunner, and there was a personal rift between Kirkman and Darabont and between Darabont and the AMC executives, and that when the material for the finale came in, I think he means the premiere, uh, Frank said, I need some time to figure out a plan of how to pursue this and what we're going to reshoot and what it will take to do this. AMC was unwilling to give him that time to solve the issue and they let him go. So that's Glenn Mazzara's perspective on it. And wow. as we all know, Glenn Mazzara is the guy who came in after Frank Darabont and ran the show for a couple of seasons. Um, and here's where it gets the most interesting. Yeah. <laughs> Also from this same Hollywood, Hollywood Reporter article, on cross-examination, Mazzara was asked if he had not taken over as showrunner and Darabont had continued on Walking Dead, would that have, quote, killed the show, unquote. Mazzara responded, quote, given the status of, of episode 201, I would like to say that I did think episode 201 was a show killer. I did say that, end quote. Wow. That's insane. Like for him to come out, I think anyways, and say that episode was so bad or just so effed up that it would have killed the show. That's crazy. So Darabont saved the show by well, not doing what AMC told him to do. Darabont, that basically that's what's happening here. Darabont was let go ultimately, but he decided that, Whatever was going on with season two, episode one was so bad that it had to be fixed. And he went and fixed it. And now we're in season six because of him. Oh man, I've gotten in trouble for that kind of shit too. This is stressing me all out. This is, uh, <laughs> this is causing me work stress, which I don't like. Right. Cause, uh, yeah, shit needs to be fixed, but, uh, shit getting fixed costs money and people don't like to spend money. Right. So they're like, no, you can't fix it. It needs to be fixed or the whole thing's going to fall down. It's like, well. So you do it anyway. So I do it anyway. And then they give me shit for fixing it. Well, we didn't get approval for that. Like, no, but it needed to be done. Yeah. I mean, sometimes things just need to be done. And you got to look long term. You got to look big picture. If you don't do this, you're going to lose everything. But if you do do this, yes, you're going to spend a bit of money, but you're going to like save the world. <laughs> 
Yeah. Right. And I've been in other situations too, where the, uh, you know, we've gone on a project and the project ended, ended up being 80% over budget. Wow. Uh, but we did it anyway. And then the project manager got shit canned for it. But your client Which was they happy. should have. Uh, no, the client was not happy. Oh. Ultimately. Well, because they had to pay for it. No, they didn't pay for it. We worked for free for eight months. Holy moly. <laughs> yeah. Seven of us. Well, how could the client not be happy? They got their, they got what they wanted. Oh, because anyway, I don't want to different get into thing. This, but <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, it's a very different thing. They were, ultimately the first version didn't do what they wanted. So they, we had to fight with them to get it to work okay. the second time. So it took eight months longer than they had wanted. Sure. So the client wasn't necessarily happy of the, the extra time and effort yeah. on their end. Well, they didn't pay for it ultimately. Anyway. In this case, Frank did what he needed to do. He got an episode out that worked and he got it out on time and then was fired anyways. Man, I'm going to work at Home Depot. Fuck this. (laughs) (laughs) Go and sell lumber for a living. Why not? Yeah. (laughs) All right. Anyways, this trial is ongoing or this lawsuit is ongoing and there's more information in this out there on the internet. So do, do a search for it or... Maybe I'll throw this Hollywood Reporter link um, in uh, in the show notes for this episode. So it's uh, it's kind of fascinating and also just kind of sad to follow along with all this because, you know, I don't like to hear about people getting fired, but at the same time, who knows where the show would have gone if Frank had stayed on or, or you know, whatever. Now so. Frank wants a house in Cabo. I, That's the problem. You know, he could just let it all go, but... Fuck that. They're going to give me some money. I'm going to get a house in Cabo out of this deal. And all the lawyers are going to go and uh, have the arguments. So I'm just going to sit back and wait for my uh, my house in Cabo to Every, come to me. Everybody gets houses in Cabo, it sounds like. Yeah, at, not me. At the end of the day. Not you and me. That's right. Yeah. All right. Let's get on to our next news item here. Xander Berkeley has joined the cast. That is Xander with an X, if you're looking him up. And he will be playing a character named Gregory, who is from the comic book. Um, and at the risk of spoilers, that's all I'm really going to say about Gregory, um, because he's coming up later this season, and I don't want to give away anything that uh, people might get upset about. Um, but at the end of the day, I think this is great casting. Just if you go and look up a picture of Gregory from the comic and the actor, uh, who you will know from shows like The Mentalist and Nikita, and in fact, 24. 24, that's where I know him from. Yeah, I haven't watched any of those shows I listed. So, uh, but Justified? I'm, I haven't seen that, although I really want to. Um, but but I know you've seen all of these, so uh, you might recognize Xander Berkeley. But uh, oh yeah, yeah, I think this is good casting um, from what I do know about him, or based on the look, anyways. Which I know really means nothing, but can, can I spoil Twenty Four? Uh, no, I'm not going to spoil Twenty Four. I really liked him on Twenty Four. Spoiler: He was in Twenty Four. Okay, it's on his IMDb page. It's not a spoiler. No, not a spoiler. But if you really liked him in Twenty Four, that's a good sign. Yeah. No, I, I like them. I think this is, uh, I'm excited about this. All right. So good actor coming up in uh, the back half of season six, it sounds like, playing a character named Gregory. So if you're a fan of Xander, you have something special to look forward to. Okay, moving on. Um, AMC has released some art, some pictures for season 6B. Mm, and uh, some art pictures. That's right. And I sent you the link and I'm looking at it right now and you're yep. looking at it right now. Yep. So I'll just do a really quick rundown of what we got here. There's a number of images. One is of a hand holding a cross, a religious cross. We've got a 
sort of a wide, long shot out over the landscape and something is on fire and there's a lot of smoke coming up. We've got a close-up picture of a really dirty, possibly zombie hand wearing a wedding ring. Uh, we've got Morgan on a horse with his, uh, with his staff in his hand. We've got a really large-looking satellite dish type thingy. Mm-hmm. We've got an RV that reminds me of Dale's RV. It does. But it's not exactly the same. No, it's old, though. It's not like a new RV. It's an older RV. An older RV, and there's a there's a vehicle behind it, too, that you can just barely see. It's a truck. There's a older truck. It does look like an older truck. Um, you can't see anybody through the window driving the RV, so it doesn't look like they're moving, but I don't know. And then we've got a close-up picture of Rick's face, and he's got a nice big scar under his right eye and a scar across the bridge of his nose. Hmm. Those are new scars, I think. Those are new scars. So uh, all kinds of, of interesting stuff here. Jason, do you take anything away from any of these images? Does, any, does anything jump out at you as, as really interesting or what do the, we, what do we uh, have here? The radio telescope, that satellite dish that uh, that is is the second picture, no, one, two, three, four, five, picture, fifth picture is actually looks like a radio telescope, not necessarily a satellite dish. So it looks out into space. It does not communicate with satellites. It looks into space. And uh, so we're going to get aliens. <laughs> it's the only logical conclusion, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the search for extrater- extraterrestrial intelligence, uh, maybe they'll find it all of a sudden. Maybe they will. I don't we'll know. Just a couple of zombie, uh, the zombie apocalypse with an alien invasion story, and we're all set. So this kind of radio telescope, it's just pointed out in space, and it's looking for signals. Well, not necessarily. I mean, for SETI, yes, they were looking for signals. Yeah, but the SETI program's pretty much ground to a friggin' halt because you know we're listening for you know if aliens want to talk to us, we don't necessarily need to be listening. They'll just come down and go, "Hey, we're aliens." Sure, but like, SETI cool, is, is just looking for, uh, they're just looking for random signals that might have yeah. been beamed and they happen to come towards Earth. Yeah, so radio telescopes, they're looking at the sky yeah. for various things. They're looking at uh, uh, quasars, uh, quaaludes, probably not quaaludes. I don't know. That's a drug. <laughs> All right, so... So anyways, there's a, it's a big radio telescope. Probably or it's just a, a set. You know, they show up there and go, cool, a, a, a radio telescope, let's go up top and uh talk to uh gregory probably a lot of show probably a lot of rainwater's collected in that thing it could be Maybe. you know that's where i think gregory is going to be he's going to be uh part of the seti program that he feels so uh excited and so loyal to the seti program that he's still going to be looking for radio signals even years after the zombie apocalypse and uh somehow he's got his own power source that he can direct this radio telescope to track signals okay and they're gonna have to drag him away because that's a ridiculous pursuit in the zombie apocalypse <laughs> it's just a little bit yeah <laughs> yeah it's like being a mathematician <laughs> who needs you know, math? Did, you know math i I've, I've even thought about becoming a mathematician at one point in my life i thought it would be a fascinating field of study uh but in the zombie apocalypse not a lot of use uh, you really? can't say that. I mean, you need, you always need math. Mathematician. Yeah. Okay. You need math. You need to be able to add, I have two apples, therefore I can eat for half a day. Yeah. You know, that kind of math. Whereas if you're looking at, uh, you know, some kind of math equation, 
other than a simple addition or subtraction, then uh, it's not a whole lot useful. Uh, no, probably not a whole lot useful. You're right. So that's the the radio telescope. What about the whose hand do you think is holding that cross? Uh, I don't know, but he's got a sweater on. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> um, do you think it's care? I mean, is it a male hand or a female hand? Hard to tell. Uh, it's hard to tell. They're just knuckles. Yeah, just knuckles. Um, now, I mean, who could? It, it's not uh, Father Gabriel. <laughs> we, yeah, it's not his hand for sure. That's correct. Um, could it be another new character that we know is coming to the show in the second half of the season? Well, that's Gregory, of course. Because Gregory, you know, not only is he looking for extra extra terrestrial intelligence, but he's also very religious. Well. Hold on a second. We know that the character from the comic of Jesus is coming to the show. And, I mean, is that just a tease for him? Like, maybe it's no specific character's hand. Sorry, do you mean Jesus or do you mean Jesus? Is it, I mean Jesus. I've always pronounced it Jesus. It's Jesus. You don't pronounce it Jesus. No, I think you pronounce it Jesus. Or at least there's some um, debate over whether you do that. Well, obviously, we're debating it. Yeah, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Thomas Paine. Tom Paine will be playing... Jesus or Jesus on the show. Uh, so we do know he is he's coming. So maybe that's just sort of a general tease that we have this character coming to the show. This isn't really supposed to be anybody in particular's hand, or maybe it's his hand. I don't know. Um, that's my feeling there, that they're just sort of teasing that. Okay. But it, I don't know. Um, and, then, and then the one with the wedding ring, um, again, I can't determine if that's anybody's hand in particular uh, it's uh, a zombie. you think it's a zombie i think it's a zombie yeah i mean the skin is really gray yeah. and like not just dirty gray but like dead looking gray yeah yeah um so that could be a zombie um morgan on the horse uh i don't know just kind of looks like he's on patrol i don't think there's too much to glean from that yeah morgan um, on the horse other than you know morgan is is there and still doing stuff. The RV. Nope. Can't really take much away from that. It's just, well, that's some where vehicles. Gregory lives during his city research <laughs> in the RV. Yeah. He lives in the RV. <laughs> all right. It's all about Gregory. And I, I guess Gregory is the guy who cut Rick and caused those scars. No, no. Is no, that, is I, that I, Jesus? I, no, I don't think Jesus did it. I think it was, uh, it was a fight with, uh, with Carl. <laughs> Okay. I think him and Carl got into a fist fight. All right. Well, there's some pretty, it's a pretty nasty scar under his eye there. So I think something's bad. Something bad is going to happen to Rick. Well, Carl doesn't know how to fight, so he was scratchy. So he gets scratchy. He's all nails. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty, pretty good scar for a nail. Um, And then uh, we didn't really talk about the wide shot of the smoke, but I mean, that could be anything on fire, really. There's some birds flying away from it in that shot, too. But, you know, birds don't generally fly towards fire, so that doesn't... Yeah, it's a not lightning too... strike, start a fire. I mean, it could. Small fires are normal in uh, in nature. So yeah, of course, happens fine. all the time. And then finally, it says a larger world across all these images. So that's kind of the name. Well, we know that's, that's a name of one of the arcs from the comics. So, you know, we've got a pretty good idea of what's coming up in the second half of this season. And we do know that Negan is appearing and Negan is, you know, part of another group. So the world is expanding. It's going to be a larger world and we're not just going to have our little group in Alexandria anymore. I firmly, for one, believe that the uh, the world is exactly the same size as it was before. Just saying. Yeah. Just gonna, you know, playing the devil's advocate, I'm just saying. All right, fine. The world's the same size. There's just more people in it. That could be. Yeah. 
All right, so that's season six B art. If there's anything obvious in there that uh, you have seen that we have not, let us know. Um, okay, a couple more items here. Fear the Walking Dead. You remember that show? I do. Well, the season two premiere date has been announced. Is it October 13th? It is not. No, it's August 22nd. It is not that either. Ugh, when is it? It is Sunday, April the 10th. At, uh, <laughs> yeah. That's close. Nine. I mean, this, it, is it 2016? Uh, yes. <laughs> All right, then. I got the right year. <laughs> yeah. Sunday, April the 10th in the U.S. and Monday, April 11th, the next day in the U.K. Now, according to my calculations, Jason. You've calculated something. If my calculations are correct, that is the same day that the season six season finale of the main uh, Walking Dead show will air. Coincidence? I think not. Uh, I think not. <laughs> now, apparently, though, Fear the Walking Dead Season 2 is going to be at 9 p.m. Eastern that night. I don't know how AMC can air Season 6, Episode 16 at 9 p.m. Eastern and Fear the Walking Dead Season 2, Episode 1 at 9 p.m. Eastern. So something's going to have to change there. Unless, Split screen. Unless my, <laughs> that would be the worst idea of all time. <laughs> um, unless my calculations are incorrect, but I, I don't know. So it sounds like we're going to get the season finale and the premiere of the other show on the same day. Yeah. So we're going to run right together. And season two of Fear the Walking Dead is 15 frigging episodes. Wow. It's not just six like it was last year. Um, 15 episodes. So... They're starting right away. We are going to have Walking Dead nearly year-round at this point. Yeah, we'll have to wait for a third spinoff show, and then we can just have them back-to-back-to-back all year-round. You know, there was... um, I did read an article speculating on that fact that there may be a third Walking Dead TV show in the works. (laughs) Why wouldn't they? They all need houses in Cabo, right? Yeah, everybody needs a house in Cabo. (laughs) Right. So why not make as many of these shows as they can? The only other item about this uh, Fear of the Walking Dead Season 2 is that um, they're going to air seven episodes in the spring and the remaining episodes later on in 2016. So they are going to take a break. And if I had to take a wild stab in the dark, I'd say that break will be timed so that the back eight will start and finish on the same night or maybe the week before that The Walking Dead Season 7 comes back in October. Yeah. Right? So whatever that break is going to be, that little time frame in the middle over the summer probably is going to be when we don't have Walking Dead on the air. So, yeah. If I were a betting man, and I am not, right? I would bet that uh, you are correct. <laughs> okay, good. Well, I'm I'm right there. Uh so lots of Walking Dead TV on your coming out of your TV screen this right into in, your eye holes in 2016. That's right. Okay, final item here. Back to the main show. AMC is going to push boundaries with Negan's language. Negan's language? Were you going to speak Spanish? He's not going to speak with Spanish. With no subtitles? I know you have not read the comic past episode 100, but uh, Negan is a guy who likes to use the F word a lot. In some sentences, it really actually literally comes every second word. <laughs> nice. So we know Jeffrey Dean Morgan is going to be playing this character. And I must admit, the headline of this article is 
a little bit misleading because the one I read from Inquisitor.com is that The Walking Dead writers working with FCC to allow colorful language from new character Negan, which doesn't sound like it's actually all that true. Here's a quote from Jeffrey Dean Morgan about the character. He says, I'm not going to say it's an issue because they're working on it. We're going to push AMC. The plan is to push them as far as they can because it's who Negan is. He uses some colorful language, and I use some colorful language. And reading the comic, it's important, so we'll see where it lands. It's our intention that this character is going to leap off the pages of the comic book. It's very important that that's who he is. Some of the characters, there's much more leeway, but Negan is a guy that you want to keep as true as possible, and that would be how I want to play him as well. So it sounds like they're just, you know, he's been told by somebody involved, probably Scott Gimple, that, yeah, we're going to try to make you as vulgar as possible on this show and see what we can get away with. Saying that they're working with the FCC to allow this language on TV doesn't really sound like, you know, that's exactly what's happening. Well, why wouldn't it be? Like, why would they say it if it's not happening? Well, if it's not happening and they say it's happening, it's just going to piss the FCC off. Okay, maybe behind the scenes, but I could see like maybe Scott Gimple picks up the phone one day, calls somebody at the FCC and says, listen, here's what we want to do. Like, can we even get what can we get away with? Kind of. I, I, I'm not so sure that they'd call them up and be like, OK, guys, you know, how can you, we get you to change your rules so that we can say the F word over and over again on this show? Yeah, the FCC, whoever answered the phone probably said, not a fucking chance, hung up. <laughs> probably, and that would be <laughs> deliciously <be> ironic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they didn't say it on the air. No, but that's yeah, right. You know, they're, they're saying, yes, we're working with the FCC to see if we can push their boundaries. Yeah. FCC's like, no way, what are you, crazy? <laughs> what? And everybody's right. Because that's exactly what they did. Yeah, okay, fine. They're working with them. They called them, whatever. Yeah. Um, it's something I've wondered about, though. Like, are they going to be able to write his lines in the same way they're presented on the comic book page? And I just don't think so. But maybe once in a while they'll be able to drop something in that uh, just reminds you that, you know, what kind of guy this Negan character is. Yeah. That's like me saying that I'm working with the Conservative Party of Canada in order to put a uh, uh, an excellent <laughs> government into power uh, during the next election. And by nope. and what you mean by that is you're voting. I may or may not vote, but I'm <laughs> you know I and and I'd be working with the Conservative Party of Canada to put a good government, not necessarily the Conservatives, because by not voting for them, I could be working for, working with them in order to not let them be in power. Sure. So you know it's all a matter of how you spin it, right? I suppose everything is spin these days. Yeah, everything. All right, that is it for The Walking Dead News. We're going to take a really short break. And when we come back, we've got a couple of reviews to do. And we'll get into those right after this.
If you want to help support the Talking Dead podcast, you can do so by using our Amazon links when you do all your shopping at Amazon.com. A huge thank you to everyone who did that over the holidays and the Christmas break. Um, There was a big uptick in our Amazon link usage, so thank you so much to everyone who did that. If you want to join that party, you can go to TalkingDeadPodcast.com slash Amazon to choose the Amazon store that is most relevant to you. Um, if that's not your thing at this time of year, because we know, you know, we're, we're in January and uh, the holidays are behind us now, you can also visit us on Patreon at patreon.com slash the talking dead. And there you can make a really small, well, small or large monthly pledge. I like to think of it as a small, significant pledge. I agree. It's, it's everyone is significant. Exactly. So visit us on Patreon if you want at patreon.com slash the talking dead. Thanks so much to everyone who listens and supports us. It means a great deal. Hey, welcome back, everyone. It is time for the second half of this podcast, and we are going to move away from The Walking Dead now for a little bit. Um, there's a couple, well, there's we're going to review two things, one of which you know, uh, because I posted it on Facebook, and the other is a surprise. So we'll do the, uh, we'll do the, the, the known and entity first here and that is a movie called scout's guide to the zombie apocalypse i'm not sure why i wanted to review this but it's just for some reason i wanted to watch it and i thought it might be fun to talk about it here it has the word zombie apocalypse in the title well that's that could also be why (laughs) that's part of it yes that is part of it i do enjoy watching movies with the title zombie apocalypse or the words in the title um so so here it is uh it's kind of a Teenage high school sex comedy that takes place in the zombie apocalypse. So sex comedy. Well, a little bit, a little bit, I would say. Um, I would, okay, I you, didn't really get the sex comedy. I mean, you know, you take teenagers; they're going to be thinking about sex every four to six seconds. That's fine. Uh-huh. I don't think this the topic of this movie was sex comedy, zombie sex comedy. Uh, I don't know. I would. I, I'm not so sure. I think there's enough here that makes this possibly a teenage sex comedy. But the, what other movies would be sex comedies? You're talking like Porky's? Yeah, Porky's. Um, is that just, that's Canadian, right? It is Canadian, yeah. Do people outside of Canada know about Porky's? They do. Okay, good. Um, they it's worthwhile. <laughs> it is. Uh, well, here is the IMDb plot description for this movie. Three scouts on the eve of their last campout, discover the true meaning of friendship when they attempt to save their town from a zombie outbreak. <laughs> it didn't even have the word sex in there. No, you're right. It didn't have the word sex in there. Um, so what did you think of this movie, Jason? I want you to go first. Well, I'm going to give it probably 
three stars out of five. I mean, there were things, uh, there were aspects to the movie that I, I enjoyed, and then other aspects that I thought were just plain old stupid. Sure. Uh, so overall, I think I, I did enjoy it. It was kind of a silly little romp, but I was expecting a silly little romp, so it was, uh, it was not so bad. Yeah, I would agree with that. I like this movie a little bit more than I than I thought I would. Um, it showed me one or two things that I'd never seen before in a movie. Zombie boob grab? I mean, we've <laughs> seen zombie boobs, but this movie had a zombie boob grab. Yeah, and you know what? Come to think of it, the two or three things in this movie that I'd never seen before all involved genitalia. <laughs> or, 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 or breasts. All right. What were the other things? Uh, well, I, I don't know if I want to, should I give it away? Yeah, maybe we should. All right. Spoiler alert for Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Yeah. There's a scene where somebody grabs a hold of a zombie's penis <laughs> <laughs> and is falling out of a window at the time. And that's all they have to hold on to. And it's just stretching and getting longer and longer. And hey, I get it. I say that and you think that sounds like the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. And it kind of is, but I couldn't help but laugh at the same time while I was watching it. Yeah, it was amusing. <laughs> but then he, then he threw it and it ended up in the mouth of some other zombie. Right. And that's where it gets um, ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's where <laughs> yeah, it gets. Yeah, okay. <laughs> you gotta, you, if you got to draw the line somewhere. Yeah. Um, yes, but th that's what I mean. Like there was some things like they were played for jokes and I think they were generally funny like that thing or, you know, the, the zombie boob grab. Like I thought that was so ridiculous that it was kind of good. Like it the was fact that it was a police officer that her shirt got, you know, pulled apart <laughs> because she was stuck in a fence yeah. and she was not wearing a bra. Right. Or, or a, uh, or a, uh. A bulletproof jacket, or what do you call those things? A flak jacket? Flak jacket, yeah. No, it's not a flak jacket. Flak jackets are for when you're in a plane. Well, bulletproof they, vest? I don't know. They're not bulletproof. They're uh, Kevlar. They Kevlar vest. She wasn't wearing a vest. Yeah, no, I know. Or a bra. Well, that, but right. And then her boobs just come busting out. <laughs> you just have to put all that aside <laughs> and be like, they came busting out, and instead of running away because she's a zombie he like honks them before he leaves like right it's so stupid <laughs> it's so stupid but it, it was funny and here's what i i think about this movie i thought the cold open before the opening like title card was actually really really well done it made me laugh out loud and then it suddenly because it started really funny and then it suddenly turned into like a kind of terrifying um, zombie comedy scene. Right. You know, I, I thought the cold open was done really well. And I, I watched that and I'm like, all right, this is okay. I think I might enjoy this. Now, I was hoping that guy, the, uh, the guy who was doing the singing and the dancing. Yeah. I was kind of hoping that he would be th in throughout the whole movie. Well, sadly, I've seen not. that actor before he's in, uh, there's a TV show. What is his name? Um, I don't know. I don't know. His name is Blake Anderson. Ron, the janitor he played, he's in Workaholics. That's it. Oh, okay. So I've seen half an episode of Workaholics and absolutely hated it, but I think that this actor, comedian, has potential. Well, he, I thought he did a great job in this opening scene. It was really good. Um, and then I was starting to think, yeah, okay, if the whole movie's like this, this is going to be really fun. Now, the whole thing wasn't quite to that level, I don't think, but 
it was still pretty fun. And what struck me is that the three main characters in this movie, the three scouts, yep. I actually believed that these guys were really best friends in real life. There was just enough there for me to be like, you know what? These are real characters. I could, I, I feel like I could know these guys and they would actually be best friends. Um, and I almost, you know, as is typical in a movie like this, there's always that betrayal slash you ditched me plot line kind of thing where it, it's it's there to cause friction between the friends and i almost wish i almost wish that wasn't in this movie it because it started off with them actually being friends you know one there was like the typical sort of fat guy fat kid and then the one sensitive kid and then the other kid who was a bit of a shit talker right but and those are those are caricatures and they're they're clichés in this type of movie but at the same time i felt like these guys are real friends and I just wish it was about them trying to deal with this zombie apocalypse in a hilarious manner. And I don't feel like they needed the, like, you guys were going to ditch me to go to a party storyline, because I don't think it added very much. No, it didn't add very much. I was hoping for a little more um, scout intuitiveness or scouts uh, preparedness in this, because it's the scout's guide, right? So the the, the thing is that they need to... Uh, you know, to do things, uh, have ingenuity in order to solve their, uh, to solve their issues. Like the scouts motto is be prepared. Right. So you got to be, you know, mentally prepared. You got to be physically prepared and you've got to be, uh, skillfully prepared. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I thought that, you know, the big scene was them going into a hardware store and putting together what they need in order to, uh, combat zombies. I thought that was a little ham fisted. Honestly, it was, but I mean, that's the scene you're looking for. That's where they go and they get what they need and they're able to construct weapons out of yeah, what they the, find. One guy had a, a uh, it, it was a badge with a gun on it. Like it was a firearms badge. The Boy Scouts don't give out firearms badges as far as I know. I, at least they did not do that when I was in the Boy Scouts. Yeah. Were you ever a Boy Scout? Uh, I was. I was, um, what comes before Boy Scouts again? Beavers. I was a beaver. I was a beaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wouldn't you like to be a beaver too? So I was a beaver and then I was a Boy Scout. Right. And I, I learned three things in the Boy Scouts. Okay. You don't want to know what they are? Yes. I learned how to tie a noose. Scout leader taught me how to tie a noose. <laughs> okay. Good. <laughs> Doesn't seem right. Yeah. I learned that you never put your tent up between a herd of buffalo and their water source. Because they will walk through your tents to get to their water source. That sounds night. like a good good bit of advice, yeah. And uh, never keep food in your tent uh, when you're camping because uh, wolves will come sniffing around your tent. Or bears, yeah. Or bears. It, in our case, it was wolves. Well, okay. Well, yeah. If, you, if, if the animals are going to get your food, you might as well leave it at the food and not you too. No, you leave it somewhere outside of your damn tent because... Frick, there's wolves. Well, that's what I mean. Like, if, if the wolves are going to come and steal your food, best yeah. that they do that without you being, you know, right there. Yeah. Asleep. They, they have a hard time telling the difference between food and your fingers. And feet. Exactly. Food yeah. and feet. It's very close. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, where were we? I mean, Scout's Guide, that scene at the end with the thing where in the hardware store where they're making the weapons, I thought it was, was okay. I mean... The weapons they can create are somewhat ridiculous. But okay, it, it there was fit. cans of gasoline it f- in that hardware store. It fit the tone of the movie, right? Like the one guy, it's kind of like a the the 
the, with the th- thing that was shooting balls. He was shooting like cue balls or something. Yeah. Right. And they, they were just mowing down zombies with his, his pool ball shooter, which I'm like, you know, if you could build one of those in that amount of time with that much of that much ammunition <laughs> somehow, that'd be amazing. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> so. I think this movie tried to be super bad with zombies. Like they were trying to get laid. They were trying to get beer and they needed to go to a party. Right. Right. So it was super bad. What they were trying to do was super bad because even super bad had that abandonment uh, storyline, right? With uh, going to different university was uh, McLovin and uh, Michael, what's his name? We're leaving. Sarah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Michael, Sarah, they were going to a, their own university and uh, leaving the fat kid behind. Right. It's the same story. Yep. So that's, uh, I kind of think that this was very much a super bad with zombies in it. Yeah, you're kind of right, just and just not quite as solid as super bad. Well, of course not. Right. Um, so I don't know. Overall, I think this was this was an entertaining movie. Had some funny bits, but kind of like not 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 didn't go to the next level like a super bad or something. Now it did have some star power. Uh, first of all, David Kochner was in this movie as Scout Leader Rogers. You will know David Kochner from films such as Anchorman. Yeah, I watched Anchorman the other day, and Jenny and I both remarked that uh, we hate that guy. <laughs> Absolutely uh, hated it. Hated him in Anchorman. I've hated him in everything I've seen him in. Really? Including this movie. I was, as soon as I saw him, I'm like, oh, man, is he in this? I hate that guy. I do not like him in anything. But you got to admit he's funny in Anchorman. He is not funny. He's yes, the worst he thing on the screen in that everything else is gold in that movie. Champ. Except for Champ when he says, whammy! It's so awful. No, that's funny. Whammy it's is not funny. funny. I think no, it's funny. He's the worst thing in that movie. Absolutely by far. Okay, but the worst thing in Anchorman is still pretty funny. That's the thing. <sighs> Except when he's on the screen. Whammy! If, if I could get an edit of that movie where he was just completely edited out, I'd be happy. I mean, he's no uh, um, Will Ferrell or uh, what's the Paul guy Rudd. From, from The Office? Yeah. That guy. It's. I mean, sure, he's not quite there, but I think He's not on the same cast, level of any of those other actors. Anybody in that movie. But he's still funny in that. And I thought he was funny in this movie. The way he just kept coming back. Well, the the character was funny. I don't think he was funny. Did like you the, the idea of the character keep coming back no matter what you did? You can't kill that fucker. Did you watch through the credits of Scout's yes, Guide? Yes, I did. I All did. Right. So that wasn't funny either. I thought, but it, you know, it was a little bit funny. It could have been. Um, it also had Cloris Leachman, who is you know been around for forever, forever, uh, forever, and um, it also had Patrick Schwarzenegger, who is in fact Arnold Schwarzenegger's son. And really? I'd never heard of before and I didn't Patrick know. Schwar- I didn't know he had a son. No. Oh, look at him. Yeah. Patrick Arnold Shriver Schwarzenegger. <laughs> so, it's quite a name. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Arnold, what are you doing to your poor son? Born here? in, in uh, September of 1993. Oh, God. He's so young. <sighs> Anyhow. Um, Man, 93 was, uh, I was poor and I had just moved to, moved to Toronto, but. It was a good year. I was almost, I was 18 years old and this idiot was just being born. I was in my 20s. Yeah, I know. You're a little older than me. Yeah. All right. Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Worth watching if you've got nothing else to do one day and you want a kind of funny zombie teenage high school sex comedy. Okay. There are boobs in this movie. 
Yes, there's there the stripper. Are. Yes. There's the uh, the zombie uh, police officer. Uh, but there are a lot of comic zombies. Like there was a like there's the police officer zombie. I'm sure there was a football zombie. Uh, there's the scout zombie. That's a given. Uh, there was also, I saw a roller derby zombie mm-hmm. in one of the crowds. So it's that kind of uh, silly zombie yeah. thing. That's uh, that's fine, though. Um, it's Sometimes you can have a zombie movie that has those kind of zombie stereotypes. Walking Dead doesn't do that. Um, and not, a, not everyone does. But when it's in the right kind of movie, that thing's okay. I think. That's true. So... Uh, anyways, Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse. Look for it, watch it, let us know what you think if you do. Uh, okay, so the other thing we're going to review is was recommended by a listener on Facebook. So what I did is I went out to our Facebook page, I posted that, uh, or I posted the fact that we were going to review Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, and I said we want to do something else too. So everyone, you know, let us know or list some movies or something that you want us to watch, and we will. Well, it turns out we've cheated a little bit here because (laughs) what we've watched is not a movie, although it was recommended by one of our listeners on Facebook. And it is, in fact, a brand new TV show called Colony, season one, episode one, recommended by Dana on Facebook. So thank you, Dana, for doing that. And the reason you and I chose this is because many of the other recommendations we got were movies we'd already seen, which didn't necessarily rule them out. But like a lot of people said Shaun of the Dead or um, uh, Zombieland. Yeah, which I would have been into either of those because I've seen Shaun of the Dead a couple of times, but it's been a year or so. And Zombieland I haven't seen since it was in the theater. Okay, well, maybe what we should do then is do a podcast where we just go back and we talk about these movies that we've we've seen before. Like, we can rewatch just to refresh our memory, but um, it might be fun to do that, actually, and talk about some of these properties or these films that we haven't really maybe mentioned too much before on the podcast. So we'll think about doing that. But for now, we are going to talk about Colony Season 1, Episode 1. And the reason we chose this is because, A, neither of us had seen it, both of us were interested in seeing it, and it stars um, Sarah Wayne Callies, who played Laurie on The Walking Dead. So it ties back into, you know, the whole reason we're here. So here we go. Colony we Season go. 1, Episode 1. Um, if I was smart, I would have brought up the IMDb page for this. Here, the description for it is set in the near future. Colony centers on a family headed up by Holloway and Callies, who must make difficult decisions as they balance staying together with trying to survive. So as I said, it stars Sarah Wayne Callies. It also stars Josh Holloway as uh, Will Bowman. And you will remember Josh from such TV shows as Lost. (laughs) Yeah, so... (laughs) And I don't know about anything else. (laughs) Yeah, you can just say that it stars Sawyer, because... Yes. That's all... (laughs) It is. It stars it's Sawyer. Sawyer. I don't think Josh Holloway can play anything other than Sawyer. You know, Sawyer, I like Sawyer. It's sort of like uh, uh, ACDC. Uh-huh. ACDC, I'm going to get a lot of flack for this, but ACDC basically has one song, 
But it's a good song. It's a really good song. Yeah. I would listen to AC. I have their entire back catalog. I will listen to ACDC back to back any day of the week. I saw them once in, at uh, SARS Fest here in Toronto, and they were the best thing I ever saw in concert. And I was a kilometer from the stage. <laughs> right. That's a, a full kilometer. It was a big ass uh, park that they played in. Yeah. And so, uh, yeah, Josh Holloway, I, he's, it's Sawyer. It is definitely Sawyer, and he is Sawyer on this show. So I've seen all of Lost. Um, apparently, he was on an episode of Community, which I don't remember, but I would have seen that. The only other thing I recall him being in is Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol. Uh, and he kind of played Sawyer in that, too, to be quite honest. So he probably played Sawyer on Community. Yeah. Like there's a real good chance that that's why they cast him, right? Well, he played a character called Black Rider, according to IMDb. And that's, oh, right. He like was Sawyer. in one of the paintball episodes. He was the... the yeah, uh, fistful the, of paintballs. The, the hired gun they brought in to uh, clean up so that they wouldn't have to give anybody else the prize, whatever that happened to be. Right, okay. Well, you know, he's he's kind of always played Sawyer, and he's doing the same sort of thing on this show. Um I thought this show had its moments, but Win. I don't think it was great. <laughs> no, it is not. It The only thing good about this show is the mystery of who the other or who the visitors are to our planet. Yeah. Is it, is it aliens? Like, would, what has to let's be? Let's set this up. Who's so, not going to be aliens? What would they be if they're not aliens? I guess. I mean, it's it's near future. They are living in some sort of or they've separated Los Angeles into colonies because they have the LA colony. And what was the other one they were, he was trying to get into San Diego. No, that's too far away. It was, it was a, you know, another part of LA, uh, the beach. Yeah. Maybe something like that. But, and, and they're separated off with walls and you don't go from one to the other. Um, but you know, you do have like, you're still working, you have a job, like you have a home. It's not like, uh, it's not like a total, um, dystopian type type thing, although it sort of is. But yes, so there is there is um, some visitors or someone that's come to rule over them. But then there are still like you know classes of people here. So we've got sort of this government kind of that we get a little bit of introduction to, and then there's a resistance force that's supposedly fighting against it, sort of an underground resistance, right? Yes, <clears throat> and. And the first episode is, you know, Josh Holloway's character getting picked up by the ruling government and then ultimately sent back to his house after they make him an offer. That he can't refuse. That he cannot so refuse. It's basically work for us to hunt down the resistance or we're going to kill you and your family and everybody you know. Yeah, because he's a former like military guy. Yeah. Super awesome dude. Uh, right. Basically somebody you would think Josh Holloway would have as a background. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but what I was going to say is I don't think this was all bad because I actually think Sarah Wayne Callies was quite good in this. She really? had, I th- I think so. I think I she, thought she was wooden and flat. No, she had the most non sort of action related scenes to do. She had the most emotional stuff to do in this episode. Um, and, and I think she managed to pull it off. She's clearly the best actor of the primary cast here. I don't know. Peter Jacobson is pretty good. I liked, I just finished watching all eight seasons of house and he's in like the last three seasons. And, uh, I, I like him 
he's the only thing I liked in this uh, in this episode. Well, I'd never seen him before, but you're right. He was fine. He played proxy Alan Snyder. So he's one of the government guys, right? Who is a, I guess, a proxy between the people and the yeah. visitors. He, he's the human leader in this little enclave of theirs. Right. So you're right. He was fine. But I don't know. Sarah Wayne Callies, I thought, managed to pull this off uh, for what for what they were trying to do. But other than that, yeah, there wasn't a lot to like here. Um, I thought the sort of action-y type scenes or the, the des- there's one point where something blows up and like this stuff's destroyed all over the place. And I thought- Except for our hero inside a freezer. Well, you know, if, if Indiana Jones can survive a nuclear blast in a fridge, Sawyer can survive a regular explosion in a frit- in a freezer. Yeah, but the explosion happened inside a, a concrete tunnel. But like outside that, and, of a truck that he was in inside the freezer. That kind of that kind of enclosed space amplifies explosions. Okay. Right? It so, you know, at least Indiana Jones had the advantage. <laughs> I can't believe I'm defending that movie. Yeah. I can't do it. Come on. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> Anyways, I'm just saying, like he had he has plot shield armor. You just have to you know, be okay. Oh, yeah, he's with got that. the PDM shield. Yeah. Exactly. But what I'm saying is that whole thing, like, it looked kind of cheap. Like it looked like a cheap sci-fi set. And and overall, this whole show to me had a bit of a cheesy sci-fi feel. Not and, and it's not really a science fiction show, but it just had a feel of like it kind of looked cheap. Now, this is just the pilot. Maybe they didn't have a lot of money to put this together, but there were some goofy sounds like the cliche robot voice where, you know, the, what happens is the truck has to pull up to the wall and drivers from one side get out and drivers from the other side then take over the truck and take it into their zone or colony. And like you have the robot voice going, L.A. drivers to containment area, L.A. Yeah, drivers very, uh, to Austin containment Powers. area. It was, yeah, it was, it was dumb in that. It's like that wouldn't be like they just you just wouldn't do that so entering the warm goo phase it's that kind of thing like (laughs) nothing everything doesn't have to be spoken by a robot voice um and then there's there's a reference to fuel cells and i'm just like it's always fuel cells like in every freaking cheesy like sci-fi or whatever they're always going to get fuel cells or um power converters right (laughs) oh yeah you gotta go to tashi station to get some power converters i'm like you can have fun with your friends on your own time, mister. Somebody come up with something else, like some other MacGuffin or whatever that, that is just not fuel cells. I'm sorry. It's been it's LA been is where they roll the cigarettes, and then they got to ship them to San Francisco or the other, you know, Malibu or wherever the hell it was, because they don't have cigarette rolling facilities over there. All they've got is beaches, and that's where they make all the beach umbrellas. So we got to get the cigarettes to the beach umbrella place because we got to get beach umbrellas and beach balls back from them. So it's an even trade. That's right. And then, and you're right. He said he was doing a delivery of fuel cells. I'm like, make it fucking beach umbrellas instead of fuel cells. I don't care. Cigarettes. Anything else. Anything else would have been okay. Um, the the teenage kids in this, the, the family, Josh and Sarah Wayne Callies, uh, they have a couple of kids. And there's a scene, I guess, at the local high school with the kids hanging out on the bleachers. It was terrible. Yeah, it was bad. The, the, I'm sorry. I, I'm sure that the kids in this uh, this show are, you know, aspiring actors and actresses and stuff. But man, were they bad. 
So There's too much going uh, on in this show, I think, is the problem. We've got Alien Invasion. We've got uh, Evil Overlord. We've got uh, Complex Resistance. We've got Interfamily Issues. And uh, Josh Holloway and Sarah Wayne Callies. their son is missing. Mm-hmm. They got separated, and oh my God, they got to find their son. And nobody has any bacon, because that was a big deal in this this show. That uh, what's his name? The uh, the proxy showed up one morning to make breakfast, and he had bacon. Yeah, that's right. Nobody has any bacon. That's the biggest <laughs> problem right there. Nobody has any insulin either, which was a problem on this show. Yeah. Um. But you're right. Actually, there is a lot happening now. The the thing about that is, I chalk that up to this being a pilot. Sometimes pilot episodes of shows are very different than what the show ultimately becomes, right? Because on one hand, they just throw everything at the wall in the pilot and hope something sticks and they can develop a show about it. Um, Or they just don't really know what kind of show it is yet, right? So they have an idea, they have a concept, and they make a pilot, and then it evolves over time into something, and the show kind of settles into what it is, right? Right. So I'm not surprised that you get a pilot episode here that is got a lot going on i imagine well, they, it's not like they can drop the alien invasion thing off the uh off the storyboards no they can't right? drop that off but like they can i mean they could resolve some of these things quickly or they could kind of drop them off like some of the family stuff you could see if that just sort of disappeared and no one really mentioned it again um uh but you know who knows who knows if this show goes on long term it'll it'll find its groove right and it just hasn't done that yet no, it's totally going to tank after six episodes. Well, I think they've already made like eight or nine or ten or something. I think they've made ten already. Yeah, so they'll, they'll stop. Like it's not like they're going to continue if it's crappy. No, that's right. Or it gets shitty ratings. Actually, crappy doesn't factor into it. Shitty ratings factors into it. It's true. It's very true. Um, but I've got uh, I've got one more thing that I thought was clever in this in this uh, TV show, and that is that there are at least two scenes where characters are on the phone or actually in person and they're speaking in a code. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm not saying it was a great code or anything like that, but I at least respected the attempt at the show to not dumb everything down. They spoke in a code and us as the listeners had, or the viewers had to figure out what they were talking about and they didn't spell it out for us. Right. They just left it there and it relies on our intelligence to follow along of what's happening. Right. Do you think, who are they trying to fool though? Like anybody with uh, a brain that knows that there was an explosion and that there is a resistance, somebody on the phone saying, I didn't hear, but I didn't know there was going to be a party last night. Like, oh, wow, we didn't invite you because you don't need to know about all the parties. Uh, you know, but was somebody at the party? Okay, but that's well, that's just a suspension of your disbelief. I no, mean, but who's who's going to be dumb enough not to be able to figure that out? The alien overlords, they got computer power that can just process that. When they say party, uh, it's a simple substitution code. Like, give me a break. You can crack, I can crack that in four minutes. Well, that's fine. But what I'm saying is like a lesser show, and this was not a, a great show, but a lesser show wouldn't have even attempted that or they would have made it so stupid that there was no confusing it. I could see someone sitting there watching that going, what? Why is she talking about a party? And then maybe clicking in later. But, you know, I, I just I'm just glad they didn't they like they tried to include a certain level of realism i guess with this kind of underground resistance where they're going to have they have to communicate but they have to do it sort of in a code that isn't isn't going to raise any red flags necessarily if someone is listening to all your communications all right well 
Tip one, don't talk on the phone, you moron. And I realize you are- You got a bike. You were with that guy four minutes ago. You can friggin' pedal your ass back over there and give him shit in person. (laughs) Yeah, maybe. I realize (laughs) that you are saying that it is a dumb code and no one would ever fall for it. But don't talk on on. the phone. I mean, obviously they have technology. They showed up on our planet and said, you guys live in here now. And we're like, yeah, sure, no problem. It's like, oh yeah, and we've got rid of the letter Q. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no problem, no Qs. Got it, (laughs) KW from now on. You You know? So don't talk on the phone. Okay. Yes, fair enough. But like TV is a visual medium. You need to, you sometimes need characters to communicate and it doesn't always have to be in person. Yeah. Write a letter then. I don't know. Write a letter. All right. So you're not going to watch any more of this show? Oh, no, I'll watch it. Really? (laughs) After saying all this? I want to find out what the hell's going on with the aliens. That's the only thing that's compelling to me. Okay. Well, I agree. I am going to watch more of this because one, I'm a little bit curious. And two, I am a firm believer that you have to give a show a chance and you need to watch more than one episode. And that's true. And a show can really change, as I already said, into something else, given time to figure out what it is. Look at Star Trek The Next Generation. The first episode of that show, realistically, was a big steaming pile of crap. And But the show did get better, and we both gave that a huge chance and learned to love it, right? Well, you did. I've never watched it. See, this is my point. No, you don't have to give a show a chance. But I never started. Had I watched, had I started watching it, I would have given it a chance. Like, well, go back. It's all on Netflix now. Go watch it. Uh, I'm not going to start now. Come on. <laughs> no, there's too many good shows to watch now, like Colony. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Oh, if, an example, a good example is The X-Files, I think, anyways. If you go back and watch the first episode of The X-Files... That has Scully parading around in her underwear. And, it does. And that never happens again. And I think, you know, sometimes people who make shows like this want to uh, hook people in. And it can be cheap. There, there are cheap ways of doing it, and that is one of them. But, you know, X-Files turned into a long-running show that people loved and was actually very good for a lot of years. Um, so who knows where Colony might go. This right. Scully, just for, you know, Scully parades around in her underwear in my mind all the time. Yes, but never again on the X-Files no, that, never I, that I know of. I don't recall anyways. So, you know, it's, I'm just saying, Colony to me wasn't so terrible that I wouldn't ever watch it again. And, you know, based on my, my uh, notion that you have to give a show a chance, I will definitely give this more of a chance. And, you know, maybe Sawyer will get better. Yeah. <laughs> you know, maybe maybe the teenagers will get better or they'll write them out of the show somehow. Well, maybe they just need to give uh, Josh Holloway a more meaty, you know, dialogue. Yeah, maybe. And that way he can dig into it and win an Emmy. I didn't think the sex scene was very good either. He, uh, he, he just sort of kept weirdly pawing at her face and I'm like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> What, is that wrong? Well, I, maybe not. I mean, maybe some people are into that, but I thought it looked awkward. Oh, that's fine. Just looked really awkward. Yeah, no, that's what I do. Okay, well, fair enough. I like I said, some people are into it. Yeah. Um, now, can I talk about the ending just for a second here? And this is a spoiler for the end of Colony, season sure. one, episode one. I I grant you permission. Okay, spoilers for the end of Colony coming up right now. It turns out that Sarah Wayne Callie's character is part of the Resistance, which we don't know until the very end. That's not true. I knew that from the beginning. Okay. Not from the beginning, but from when she did her stupid code on the phone. Well, How come I didn't know about this party? 
Well, you weren't invited to the party. Okay, well, you're right. Maybe from that point on, but that all happened towards the end of the episode. But at the end, it's it's confirmed. What I'm getting at, though, is is her husband part of the resistance too? Does she does he know that she's involved with this resistance? Because to only me, if, it wasn't clear. Only if he's a complete friggin' moron. Would he not know? Would he not know that she's part of the resistance? Okay. But so he's not actively part of it, you don't think? I don't know, but uh, I I think he has to know because if he doesn't, he, you know, how stupid does he have to be? Well, it's not that stupid. I mean, they they she could be hiding it from him. What I found confusing, or I don't know, is that she goes at the end to talk to so so Josh or Will, his character's name, is offered this job working for the government to hunt down resistance. Right. She then goes to her resistance people and says, We have a man on the inside. Now that could mean, okay, so he's now working for them, but he's also working for us and he's, you know, on the inside and he'll be able to do our dirty work from the inside. Or um my husband is now working for them, legitimately working for them, and I'll be able to get information from him whether he, you know, and whether he knows it or not. Right? So I don't know. Yep. I don't know if if Josh Holloway's character is in on this whole resistance thing or not. And that's one of the things I kind of want to watch more to find out about. I want to find out about the aliens. And that's pretty much it. If your wife was part of the resistance, you'd know about it. Well, I probably, but that's because... We have no secrets from each exactly. other. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So that means you're part of the resistance too, right? I guess. I can neither confirm nor deny that allegation. Right. I don't know. I don't think it's clear on this show, and uh, I'm curious to find out. So overall, Colony, not very good, but there's enough here that you and I are both going to watch it. So that's saying something. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. All right. Well, there you go. Scout's Guide to the Zombie Apocalypse, okay. Colony, kind of meh. Meh. Yeah. Uh, th- if I miss an episode, I'm not going to cry over it. Right. Like, okay. I might, you know, but by saying I'll watch it again, I might check in every 15 or 20 episodes and watch uh, a few to get caught up kind of thing. I don't work that way. I do not work that way. If I'm going to watch something, I watch it. In a row, like in the order, and I watch everything that you are supposed to watch. I can't, I, you're not doing it justice if you if you watch an episode every few weeks. No, I mean get caught up. I don't mean just watch it and then oh, 15 okay. episodes later watch another episode. Okay. I mean wait for them to stack up and then like plow all the way through them. Right, so that if you, if, if you hate it, you get, at least you get it out of the way quick. Yeah, well, I'll know at that point. If I watch one episode, I'd be like, eh, that was, you know, whatever. But, you know, I'll try it again. And then I'll go back a week later and I waste that time again. But if I stack them all up and I get three episodes in, I'm like, this is such a steaming pile of shit. I'm just going to bail right now. Right, okay. I'll know rather than dragging it out for 15 weeks. I know within four or five episodes. Okay. All right. That that makes sense. That makes sense. I'll, I don't know. Maybe I'll do the same thing, but we'll see. All right. Uh, I wanted to maybe have a word on um, making a murderer, but we're already gone pretty long here, Jason. So should we save that for another time or is there anything? Save that for another time. It's very uh, low zombie apocalypse related. It is, but we've both recently watched the whole thing. And now that I've mentioned it, people are probably going to want to hear what we thought, but uh, maybe we'll do it next time. We'll do it next time, making a murderer. Uh, Okay. 
well, if we're not going to do that, I think we're done. Cool. All right. Uh, so we will probably podcast again in a couple of weeks, which will be around the beginning of February. And then The Walking Dead Season 6 returns on February 14th. So we likely will only have one more podcast between now and when the show comes back. And of course, when the show comes back, it's back to the normal schedule of, of recapping and feedbacking episodes. So six podcast episodes a week like we normally do. <laughs> Good God, I don't know if I can handle that. <laughs> Two a week for uh, the final eight weeks of the episode of the season. And then we are straight into Fear the Walking Dead, Jason. So there will be no rest. <laughs> no rest for the weary. No, that's right. Um, anyways, our next episode, uh, maybe we'll talk about making a murderer a little bit. Maybe we will talk about some other things. We'll see how that goes. But we will definitely talk about The Walking Dead. Um, and that's all I can tell you right now. That'll be in a couple of weeks. Super duper. So in the meantime, if you want to get in touch with us, you can, of course, do that by visiting our website at talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com and clicking on the send voicemail button. That way you'll be able to record a message right into your internet browser, which will be sent to us. Um, you can also send your emails to talkingdeadpodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thetalkingdead. There's always lots going on over there. Um, or on Twitter at Talking Dead. And I should mention that on our website, that's where you can go to find all of our past episodes. I know iTunes only has the most recent 50, but if you want to go back for some reason to the beginning or pull out an episode from early on, go to the website. You can search for them or you can kind of just page back and find uh, find the episode you want. I do get emails fairly frequently asking how to where to find the older episodes. So uh, that's how to do it. All right. That is going to wrap things up here. Uh, until next time, my name is Chris. My name is Jason. Thanks for listening. Bye.